same for me. Like really? when she froze up those five or six people and they were bleeding through their eyes. That was and then awesome. She'd tweak her, tweak her neck and her head and they just would drop. It's like, wow, Levin's a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, <laughs> she like yeah. kills people and yeah. no one addresses it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that is true. Not real. No one is talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fliction. This is a special edition of the show. We are going to review, discuss, analyze, and talk about all the things we loved or maybe didn't quite love about the Netflix phenom, Stranger Things. It's kind of like the it show right now that everybody's talking about. It's a phenom. I think so. I think it qualifies. I mean, it's kind of like the water cooler subject right now. It has been really for the past few weeks. I know it debuted first week of July. Uh, here we are a month later, and it's still uh, one of the most talked about, you know, whether it be movies, TV shows, whatever's going on in pop culture. Let's check out the trailer for Stranger Things. Will is, is missing... I don't know where he is. 99 out of 100 times, kid goes missing. The kid is with a parent or a relative. What about the other time? What? You said 99 out of 100. What about the other time? The one. The one. Wow! Wow! Guys, I really think we should turn back. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> That's not Will. You're in trouble, aren't you? We've sealed off this area. This is where it came from? Yes. And the girl? She can't have gone far. Find her. You really think it was a coincidence that we found her? The same place where Will disappeared? Something is going on here! What the hell? She knows about Will. Is there any way that you could reach him? Yes. What if this whole time I've been looking for Will? I've been chasing after something else. Thank you, Jacob. So... Stranger Things, Netflix. Everybody's talking about it. I guess what we'll do first, we'll we'll talk about well the summary. Let's summarize the show for those who don't know. Um, Rachel, would you like? Right there. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, you got it, Rach. Yeah, yeah. you give me one. Yeah, go for it, Rachel. Oh, I'm summarizing yeah, the show we're in the it words up. of IMDb: a love letter to the '80s classics that captivated a generation. Stranger Things is set in 1983, Indiana where a young boy vanishes into thin air. As friends, family, and local police search for answers, they are drawn into an extraordinary mystery involving top-secret government experiments, terrifying supernatural forces, and one very strange little girl. <laughs> you may have just got yourself a job. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually from Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, oh. Yeah. Once again, IMDb's was just too... Was it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> aliens in the 80s. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> It nothing, may or may not be about Nothing about, about a little girl. Just, <laughs> you know, nostalgic kind of whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, 
so let's just, as we always do in any sort of review, let's first just talk about our initial overall quick impressions of Stranger Things, whether we like it or not, and then we'll kind of break it down into, um, you know, specifics. So, Rachel, do you like, <laughs> dislike Stranger Things overall? What did you feel about it? Sorry, I was just looking. Jacob made us a nice little ke- cheat sheet, and I like that he has Karen Wheeler listed as hot mom. <laughs> and Jonathan Byers listed as terrible casting. <laughs> and Nancy Wheeler has will be hot when she turns 18. <laughs> and Lucas Sinclair as token black kid. What's what's great about will be hot when she turns 18 means I think she's really hot right now, but I'm not allowed to say that until she turns 18. Bingo. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what's sad is that hot mom is closer to my age than then yeah. the girl who's not 18 yet. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so overall impressions of Stranger Things. That was good. Thought it was real good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I mean, because we're going to get into all of it. I right. don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But yeah, would recommend, have recommend, well, still did recommending. You, did, you, uh, ben, did you binge watch it? Did you... Um, Y- semi I feel like I binged it slower than I binge a lot of things I, it probably took me a week to watch it yeah which at eight episodes is slower than I would normally go but yeah. I think if I didn't have my roommate to watch with I would have probably blasted through it in a day and a half yeah but um but because I paced myself I think I enjoyed it that much more because every episode kind of left you with a cliffhanger it did which which I enjoyed um it leaves you wanting more, you know. When you when you have to wait a little while to watch something, you know the the cliffhangers don't have as much impact when you when you watch a show and then just immediately watch the episode following. You know, cliffhanger. You're supposed to sit and ruminate about it for, I mean, ideally a week, but if not, a day or two at least to kind of have your thoughts on the show and really kind of try to figure things out. And that's actually been one of my issues. I always have with Breaking Bad because I binge watched all four seasons, the first four seasons, in like. A month, which is cool, and you love it, it but, cool but the impact isn't as the impact isn't as yeah. as hard and doesn't hit you as much. I as was going through episodes so fast, basically, that I didn't have time to think about you know storylines right. and, and, and importance. People would ask me questions. Well, what'd you think of this or that? And honestly, I'd forget half of it. Yeah, because I was just cramming in so much. That's why I've tried to slow down on my binge watching yeah. and just pace a lot of these shows out. It's just more enjoyable for me. The the best uh, the. The best analogy I have or the best story I have on that is Lost because I binge-watched the first two seasons. We did it together, actually. We binge-watched the first two seasons, uh, and then we we caught up to the live uh, series. And as much fun as it was to binge-watch, I think I did enjoy it more uh, once we did it week by week and you had time to think about and analyze and talk about it with friends and try to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I think that you do lose something in the binge. You know, we're a binge watching society now. And I think most people watching Stranger Things are binge watching. But I do think you probably enjoy it more if you. That's I'd almost say like for the, sure. That's almost I, the whole motto for Netflix. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I definitely am not going. Well, we were talking on the way over here. You've watched it more recently than us. And I was saying because I kind of binge watched it, I don't know how much of it I retained mm-hmm. this far out. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably been a month since I watched it. So. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it came out July 15th. So 
That's crazy. It's already been a month, but yet that's all the buzz I've been hearing about right. that and you know, the night of yeah, those because we shows. just finished up Game of Thrones. Right. Yes. That's all anybody's talking about is those two shows. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. I think not. Uh, <laughs> overall, though, you, you enjoyed yeah, no, it. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I love the nostalgia of it. I love the music in it. Um, I have uh, some issues with it here and there, mainly with like acting and that sort of thing, but I can get around that because I just enjoyed how the the technical aspect of it, the revisiting, this is the whole comparison that we keep hearing about 80s nostalgia, where it was a mix of Stephen King, Spielberg, um, right. you know, elements like that, that we so much enjoyed in that, that decade, I think, where I believe that is still some of the best movies that, that, that are out there. Um, it just recaptured things from, I believe, my childhood, and I just don't see filmmaking like that anymore. Not to, I just don't see it that often. And so the, it's, this has been a rare case where it's like a nice visit down memory lane, knowing that we can still do these types of films. You know, there's still a possibility that they that all the storylines aren't gone, they aren't wasted. Right. We can still explore it and have fun with it. And you know, I heard people say that they have had some problems with it being extremely uh, close to E.T., but I still think it was distant enough. It gave me enough scares that I remember that. I'll take that with me, and if I were younger, I probably would uh, think more on it, just like, you know, I I lived on E.T. and, oh, uh, Gremlins, some of the ones that scared me, I'll say, uh, Aliens, Predator. Those are still in the back of my mind of when I first viewed it, and I could maybe take away some of those elements with Stranger Things as well. So I really enjoyed the movie. I really enjoyed the show overall. I, I had a good time, and I think Netflix really landed on something great. I think the Duffy Brothers, who uh, directed it, Duffer, Duffer, yeah, <laughs> uh, but they are uh, Ross and Matt Duffer. It only says the Duffer Brothers, yeah. you know, at the beginning. So tonight was the first time I actually saw Matt and Ross. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I think they did a great job. There's really nothing on them. They they're mostly, young guys. They're, they're kind mostly of writers. Yeah. They look like they've done a lot of kind of production type work. So they're newbies, really. They're I mean, like they, in their early thirties. Yeah, understand. they're young. So I think they did a great job. Um, I'm excited to see what 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 they have going what they have to do going forward, even if it's a movie. Yeah. Um, really excited. Yeah, I loved it. I I thought that. I mean, my favorite thing. Uh, Rachel and I talked a little bit. Um, my favorite thing about it was that I felt like they captured the 80s magic. And I think specifically, uh, and this is something we're going to kind of, we're going to discuss this anyways. The next talking point was the 80s throwback nostalgia feel. But that happened to be the thing I liked the most about it. So I'll discuss that a little bit. But I think it was, they actually captured the magic of an 80s movie. Whereas, okay, Super 8, that's probably the closest thing that we've had that's recently. It's probably the closest we've had recently to kind of being a real 80s homage. But this didn't even really feel like an homage. It really felt like they captured the 80s. It just 80s. felt like it was made in the 80s. Right. It wasn't trying to be 80s or capture anything. It just was. Well, right. Hang Which on. is rare. Because both Stranger Things and Super 8, they were set in the 80s. They had 80 clo- 80s right. clothes, 80s cars, 80s music. So... Yeah, it's the closest thing to 80s movies because they actually trying to capture that, you know, right. that decade. Well, yeah, but I think but that for, a lot I'm of times... I'm thinking more of a ta- technical aspect for Well, me. that's what I was going to okay. say because, like, the the way that it was shot, the film stock, the look and feel, the atmosphere, everything, it, it truly looked like it was filmed and made... It looked like I was watching an 80s movie instead of something that was made to be an homage of the 80s. Agreed. Uh, you know, because that's... You know, if you, if you use... 
2016 technology and 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 filming techniques to make something that takes place in the 80s, even if you have 80s, you know, uh, environment and setting and things like that, it'll still look like it was a 2016 movie. It looks very clean, right? Very um, like digitalized, right? That's not how this looked. Though we did have digital elements, the alien, obviously, or creature, whatever it was. Um, I think a lot of that actually is tungsten lighting. You see so much tungsten lighting in older film mm-hmm. uh, using natural light resources as opposed to, you know, digital lighting and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, you see a lot. Of, that's why you keep seeing the Spielberg comparisons, because that was all over E.T. Right. Yeah. Um, it was very much in some of the darker scenes in Jaws. Right. And okay, definitely uh, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Well, you know what else made it seem like truly 80s? Zemeckis as well. Sorry. Yeah. They, they treated their characters. Your main characters are all kids. And they treated them as real characters instead of psych. You know, nowadays when movies, the main characters are kids, it's a kid's movie. You never really see movies anymore that are mainstream movies that are for adults but starring kids. This is a show for for everybody, really aimed towards adults, but it happens to star kids. Very much like Gremlins and E.T. But it's Stand By Me in the the Goonies, an adult movie or a kid's movie? I would say, well, definitely Stand By Me. Maybe Goonies is more, but it's still, Goonies would be a kid's movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But but I would say Gremlins was was for a broad (laughs) broad audience. And Stand By Me, I think, was for a broad, older audience. I think that E.T. brought, like, it's it's broad. Like, I can't think of anything nowadays where the kids are the main characters that it's it's for a big broad audience including adults i think anytime you get they they treat them like you know they cuss and they they're that's, smart that's the, they're, the part in the writing where they wrote how kids would talk you know i always have a problem with this it's like you know kids cuss right kids when the parents aren't around they they get excited and they do things they aren't supposed to yeah. do um and i've i've complained about that in past movies but this is one where it's nice to see that where like you know we have our character dustin who, you know, he's saying, son of a bitch, he's and my damn favorite. it, he's and all that pr- stuff yeah. all over the place. And Toothless. To me, I, yeah, I, to me, I just feel like that's something that kids do. And so it was nice to revisit that. Yeah. Yeah, all the kids felt very real. They did. They did. They felt like real characters, real kids, kids that you would know. Uh, now, speaking of the 80s, I know that you're a big 80s soundtrack girl. I am uh, from Drive to the guests to oh, you know you're so big. Fan. Good. What'd you think of the uh, soundtrack? The it's music so good. And the score. It's so good. The first you told me to watch Stranger Things. I watched the first episode, and I think the first thing I said to you was like, "Oh, the opening credits are so good." Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, and that's yeah. one of the first thing I texted you when I watched it. Was yeah, that, that synthesizer. Yeah, it's so good. Well, you guys I, have a private text going on. Tell me. No, you were in there. What the, what the no, hell? No, I was <laughs> sleeping. He was during the I'm daytime. <laughs> Uh, but I love the soundtrack to this. The guy It's one of the guys in the band called Survive, who also the band did the soundtrack for, I guess, which is outstanding. Dun, dun, did you end dun. up listening to any of Survive after I sent that to you? No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> well, it's really good, and I love, I just love the soundtrack to it. And it's not just, um, like, as far as that soundtrack, but them actually mixing, like, 80s songs into it as well. So it kind of gets stuck in your head. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I love the music 80s New so Wave. Good. Is one of my favorite, you know, music genres, and and uh, you throwing the synthesizer as a theme for the right. for the show was great. It was it was perfect, and something that I think is so missed in a lot of movies these days. There's no 
theme songs as much as there used to be. Game of Thrones yeah. might be one of the biggest ones. I mean, it's hard to say because almost all HBO shows have, have great you know scores to them they do uh, but that's rare it's a, i mean like break- you don't see it in movies that much i don't think maybe the avengers but there's just kind of it's kind of a weak one uh, i mean it's more they just kind of throw up title cards now right they don't really have themes you're right i mean you're right i mean when you think of star wars that's got themes several themes right. throughout it but that was something that john williams always did was try to create a theme for certain characters um i know uh, just some of the, a lot of those older movies just really did that think of uh uh, Legends of the Fall, multiple themes throughout right. the movie right. uh, in the music. And I think we sort of had that kind of going on here, too, or at least a consistent theme that I thought was unique. And it added one more great element to the show. It was very, um, I was going to say Twin Peaks, but it's not just the music. There's a lot of things that feel very Twin Peaks about it as well. But That's actually a good comparison. I've never watched Twin Peaks, but I know it's a big cult f- show. It's, I don't it's, love it's Twin Peaks Lynch, by any means. So I've tried and tried, that but could relate to this show. It does have a lot of. It kind of has the same feel and the grittiness and the kind of suspense to More it. More the tone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of got off topic there. No, no, you're good. Um, what? What is it, buzzy? What is it, buddy? Is it trouble? So what? <laughs> what is it? What's the matter? Timmy I couldn't find. I couldn't find my other sheet. I was looking at this sheet and I couldn't. Like I had a brain fart. Uh, the next topic we're going to talk about though was acting, and you said that you kind of had. You know, we, we we're talking about the kids, and you know, kid actor is something that's you know, it's it's so hit or miss with any movies, regardless of, of how high quality the movies or the director may be, um, or TV shows. Sometimes you just get some kids who can't act. Maybe it went well in the auditions, and then. You start filming, you're like, crap. Well, I we mean, got regret this decision. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and it's too late. So let's talk about the acting, not just the kids, though. Who do, who were your all stand, standouts? Who do you think did the best job? Who do you think the, uh, did the worst job? We'll let Jacob cover it because judging by your notes, you have feelings about this. I have well, feelings about this, too. Yeah, I, th- I thought the, the standout actor for me was Jim Harper. I'm sorry, David Harbour. Yeah, uh, he played, who Jim played Harper. Chief Jim Harper. Yep, he was the best actor um, in the whole thing. I, I have, agree. I, you know, Winona Ryder's in it, and we'll get to her in a second, because she's obviously the most recognizable actor. Yeah, the, by you know. far. Um, but her and Matthew Modine. Oh, that's right, Matthew Modine, yeah. which I thought was a perfect casting yeah, choice he for was. an 80s throwback show yeah. where you had the guy from Vision Quest and Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but for me, it was David Harbour because you know I've seen him in um, – oh, He's been in a lot of things he, that I didn't yeah. – I was like – I, I liked him in End of Watch. He was kind of the dick cop. He was, then, yeah. Um, I've seen – you're right. He He's, always kind of plays a secondary character. But you're like, I know I know this guy. I had to look him up. I was like, how do I know this guy? Yeah. I was like, besides looking like Dexter, how do I know this guy? <laughs> uh, so I looked him up, and yeah, he's been in a lot of things that you've seen. For me, he was the most consistent, the the most, um, I think, had a pretty cool arc throughout it. I mean, there he are did. a lot of characters with good arcs. Yeah. But when I compare him to, say, Winona Ryder, you know, hers just didn't work for me as much. Her arc or her her acting? Her, her acting. Okay. She, um, she overacted She a bit. was over the top. Right. She was over the top. I right. like if Winona, the, but she was, the, she was overacting. Yeah, if we're sticking to the ones we, we like, I'll just stick with David Harbour and listen to what y'all have to say. After Sarah, I saw her too. And I heard her. I didn't know what was real. And then I figured out that it was in my mind. And I had to pack all that away. 
Otherwise, I was going to fall down a hole that I couldn't get out of. Oh, you're, you're talking about grief. This is different. I'm just saying. I, you... I know what you're saying, Hop. I swear to you, I, I, I know what I saw. And I'm not crazy. I'm not saying that you're crazy. No, you are. And I, I, I understand, but... I need you to believe me. Please. Please. Uh, yeah, I, I won't use yours because, but he was easily the standout to me, even maybe nomination worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with you there. If I had to pick another one, I actually think the, uh, the girl who played Eleven did a really, really great job. That's my other one that I would yeah, say. She, she, uh, her name is Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, is that I the mean, first time you noticed that? Yeah. It might just uh, be Millie Brown on the see, title. See, it, mu- it must be because I would have noticed that because I yeah. knew Millie. I, I think it is. Yeah, so Millie, <laughs> her prerogative, Bobby Brown. That's what uh, it is on IMDb, but uh, there you go. But, but the, what was great about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I was like, nothing. Um, <laughs> I was trying to fit that joke in somewhere. Were you? I was just waiting for That's the what opportunity she said. to show up. Uh, <laughs> That's just sad. I know. Uh, That's what she said to Jacob. Uh, All right. No, Uh, no, speaking of little girls. uh, (laughs) We've gone off the rails so far right now. (laughs) I meant to say back to little girls. Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) This must be a joke, but it's like over the line joke. Uh, <laughs> fine in this office building, but not for the twenty-seven people that's going to listen to this. So, asshole, asshole. He'll <laughs> <laughs> just cut to that. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> uh, so, anyways, Millie Bobby Brown as eleven, I thought was really, really. She was complex because she, especially in the beginning, she held it all in. You didn't know if she was good or she was bad. It, she was definitely mysterious, and she didn't really tip her hat. She played it well enough. She wasn't really talking at all. You didn't even know if she could talk. And so a lot of it was just through her facial expressions, her reactions to other characters, and the things that were going on. Uh, but her arc was great. As you got to know her and you saw this this pure sweetness about her, but you saw rage. You saw uh, you saw You saw a lot of different things from her. You saw sadness. Um, you saw joy, her anger. Joy. Yeah, all the all the characters from Inside <laughs> yeah, Out. There you go. Uh, were covered by <laughs> disgust. But yeah, we're co- uh, we didn't see that. We're, we're covered by Millie Bobby Brown. Um, and I thought she was really, really good. She uh, and she was a little badass. I even she, heard people say that she could garners an Emmy nomination. At least. She, sh- I, I, I think she should. She was that good. You know that character. She had to have a strength about her. But she also had to be vulnerable. There, she had to be able to play both, and she did. And do it all through just showing reservation. Yes. I think that's kind of tough. It was a tough role, and she really nailed it. And that's a role that she could have really overacted or really underacted. And she couldn't do either for this role to land, for this character to land. And she handled it just right. And for uh, someone in her age to do that was, was really, really impressive. And it's really our, our main character, I mean, yeah. in the whole show. I mean, you could argue... Uh, Mike, you could argue the sheriff. It's certainly one of the most, but but it's really our yeah. our, our kind of protagonist in many ways. Yeah. Um, for me, well, also on top of that, when she 
it was when she showed her emotions is where I really liked her the most mm-hmm. because often she was reserved. She would kind of do that, you know, drop your head and look, you know, you sinister, know, sinister, and like, yeah, your brows all kind of lowered. And I didn't really care much for that. That's why I thought it was a little bit overacting. But like when she would see a reflection in the water and she screamed or she broke mirrors or obviously was killing people with their mind. Yeah. Uh, that I was like, man, this girl's really intense and this is working for me. And yeah, uh, I just really enjoyed that part of it. Okay, Rachel, uh, pick someone that stood out to you but was not the sheriff or 11. Oh. Sorry. Well, I was totally going to go with Millie, every little step, Bobby Brown. <laughs> but I will go, I, as far as acting, I don't know, but I really like Toothless. Yeah. Actually, Dustin was the other one. That kid yeah, was, those, those uh, are my three favorite yeah. characters and three favorite uh, actors. Yes. He was just so, he's, he's the kid that you have to have in your, your 80s movie. He was you the do. comic relief. Um he he was the kid that you probably would have hung out with when you were a kid. Like yeah. he was that guy. Where's he from? Uranus. Get it? Uranus. <laughs> get it? He doesn't get it. <laughs> get it? Uranus. He doesn't get it, Mike. <laughs> what movie was that from? Uh, wasn't that? From, I mean, I know it, but I'm trying. Oh, come to... on, it's ET. Oh, it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he and he was really really funny. I, he, you have to have some sort of comic he timing balances and delivery. Everything else. Yeah. So not only was character good, but but the the little actor playing him uh, was was really really solid, uh, and was genuinely funny and likable. He has to be likable, uh, and he also had to be kind of strong. He was he was kind of the glue because with the little infighting that was going on between uh, Mike and Lucas, uh, I believe it's been a while since. Yeah, then. that's right. You're okay, right. between Mike and Lucas. He had to be the one that was always kind of being the the peacemaker, which uh, he played great at. He did. Yeah, he, he was he was so good. So I'm glad that those were the three we talked about because those were the three standouts to me. So w- was there any more that you wanted to say about? No, Billy I'm Brown? good. Okay, because I know Brandon and I completely <laughs> took over that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I had well, a lot more to say about Eleven, but then you guys covered it also. Nothing. Not, okay. No, I got well, nothing. You did good. We'll let you go first on great uh, actors or actresses that you thought weren't so hot. Why not oh, a writer? So did you, no. <laughs> why not a writer was really my biggest problem. Isn't that funny? She's the biggest name by far, and I was she happy. Just, I'm happy she's in something oh, me again. Too. I'm happy for her. I like when a writer. And she, but I didn't think she was awful by any means. She just overacted, and especially in that first episode when she goes into his office, goes into Harper's office when he, Will originally goes missing. Just that whole scene seemed so overacted to me that it was almost cringing because of that and it got better as it went along and you got to know her character and stuff like that but she was actually my biggest problem with it right now you have to pick somebody else jacob well i'll say this just because i gotta keep going is that i heard a lot of critics say that they were turned off almost by the show because of her now she didn't bother me that much i thought there were times that she was like shaky but I was like, okay, maybe a mom could react that way if her kid was right. missing out of desperation. Well, that's the thing. Like, eventually, I, I came just to know that as her character, so it bothered me less. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'll it, say this because I could not quit laughing. She is the worst running actress I've ever seen. Running when she ran, her remember. arms flailed about everywhere. <laughs> really? And her she looked like Barry Goldberg. Kind of, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> she her her limbs were just flying everywhere when she ran. I. I couldn't. It was very distracting. Right, if you I ever oh, watch no, it, I need to. You'll not be able to see it from your brain. Oh, I didn't notice <laughs> that. Uh, so, who else did you think maybe wasn't? So, if you don't have anybody else, that's fine. No, I do have no, one other. For, for me, it'd be Finn Wolfhand who played Mike Wheeler, the main character kid. 
uh, I just thought he was just so over the top so often. Um, he just uh, annoyed, uh, just annoyed me most of the time. And this is the part where I have problems with kid actors. Uh, most other kids didn't bother me that much. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I like Dustin. I really like Lucas. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't really say that Will was in the film enough. Uh, right. I liked Eleven. I thought she was great. But Mike just drove me nuts every time he talked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can see it. He didn't really bother me, but I I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I really didn't have anybody issue any issue with anybody really besides Winona Ryder. Though. How about my and, note and here? I, terrible casting on Jonathan Byers. Um. Well, and why do you think that was it? Because you, you think he was too kind of subdued, too like dour type. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't know if that was the character or acting though. I don't. I, I, don't I do know think what, some of it was the character. Yeah. But. When you have to convince me that Nancy is going to leave Steve and his cool hair for <laughs> Jonathan. But she didn't. I need a little bit more charisma than that. Oh, I know that. I know. <laughs> which, which, by the way, was kind of a cool thing. Like, you know, because, you know, we're, we're programmed to believe she's going to leave him for Jonathan. You know, he is the popular douche. Mm-hmm. But his redemption story was kind of cool. Wait, Jonathan or Steve? Steve. Steve. Like, Steve the fact cool that hair. he ended up kind of being, yeah, Steve and his cool hair. <laughs> the best Ended up kind of being, like, kind of a cool dude. Yeah. Which was cool to see. Well, there are elements, like, halfway through that I, I was like, okay, he's not as douchey as a lot of TV or TVs or shows or movies would make him out to be. Yeah, he just and wasn't the cut and paste of course he, bad you know, guy. He, he lost his, you know, his composure in that fifth episode or fourth episode. <laughs> She looks upset. Oh! What is wrong with you? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? I was worried about you. Can you believe that I was actually worried about you? <laughs> what are you talking about? Wouldn't lie if I were you? You don't want to be known as the lying slut now, do you? Speak of the devil. Hi. You came by last night. Ding, ding, ding. Does she get a prize? Look, I don't know what you think you saw, but it wasn't like that. What, you just let him in your room to study? For another pervy photo session. Mm. <laughs> we were just... You just want... Finish the sentence. Finish the sentence. Go to hell, Nancy. Come on, Nancy, let's just leave. You know what, Byers? I'm actually kind of impressed. I always took you for a queer, but I guess you're just a little screw-up like your father. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that house is full of screw-ups. You know, I guess I shouldn't really be surprised. A bunch of screw-ups in your Jonathan, family. I mean, your it. mom. I mean, I'm not even surprised Jonathan, what happened to your brother. It. I'm sorry, I have to be the Steve, one to tell you that the Byers, their family is a Come disgrace on. to the entire... <laughs> But yeah, totally, re- totally redeemed himself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty cool. You know, when he came back in the house in the in the in the finale, and he swung that spike back around and started decking the alien. I was that like, was awesome. I was like, very cool. Very that was cool. awesome. It was it was unexpected because you know we are we've seen so many of these things. We know how they go down, and typically in that you know when that happens, the douchey popular kid, good looking guy with a good hair, mm-hmm. is going to bolt. But so to see him come back and and uh, for them to chummy up with each other was, was really, really chummy. cool. Chummy? Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> to chummy up with each other. Better than chubby up with each other. <laughs> 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 uh, um, 
I see you have genre here. I, I I do think that it's all these things that you that you laid out. I do think it was it had elements of sci-fi, horror, drama, thriller, mystery. I would say, um, coming of age is that story. A, is that a problem for you? No, I loved it. I you loved sure? that it was all those things. And that's another thing that uh, I think that '80s movies did well. They kind of juggled. You know, when we've done lists, right. a lot of times we're like, "Well, does this qualify?" I don't know. It's kind of this. It's kind of this. Back to the Future. We yeah, just Back to the Future. It. It's it's action. It's adventure. It's sci-fi. It's comedy. You know, th- movies back then they were a lot of different things at once. And I think that's how the show was. I don't know that show that that E.T. E. would be another example. Right. Yeah, it is. I don't know that movies or shows handle that as well nowadays. But Stranger Things, again, in true 80s fashion, uh, Aliens pulled is another off. one. No, no, it's no, not. I was, I was <laughs> just saying, yeah. There's Straight the hilarious movie, Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that romance. That romantic movie, Aliens. Sure. That, that's the other thing. There's there's a little romance going on between uh, Mike and, and Eleven, which was kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, I it, it liked didn't it. work for me. It didn't work for nah. you. I kind of liked it. I liked it. But I think it's a lot of it's because of my, my issues with the actor. I liked it because hard kid actors, they they man. didn't really they didn't dwell on it and they did it just enough to be a realistic you know it, it kind of um, gave a backbone to the whole Mike and Lucas jealousy thing and that you know if you remember when you're eleven twelve I mean that that kind of stuff could really go down uh, I thought it was handled really well actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, okay, so we had three major storylines, and uh, the first one I think we'll discuss is definitely the kids. You have the kids, the teenagers, and then the police slash Winona Ryder and her story. Um, which was the most interesting to you guys? Were you all more invested in the kids, the teenagers, or kids, the police man. story? Yeah, it was Easy. the kids for me, too. Uh, I kind of like the teenagers one, too. I just liked the, I don't know, there were there are things in there that were more fun, especially when you had the disappearance of her friend, Barb, uh, Barb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but who's, who's apparently like, cool. huh? Who's apparently like really loved online. Like there's all these, like, have you seen it right? No, I, I just get- saw a tweet today that was like, Oh, the kid's missing. Everybody go find him. Oh, Barb's missing. Sorry, bro. We're out of flashlights. That was the thing. Like, there's this whole, like, movement of, of fans who are like, nobody Team cares about Barb. <laughs> so, like, uh, like, all these fans are like, like, there's some mural made of Barb in, like, some city or something. Like, like, remember Barb and all this <laughs> stuff because she was, like, totally forgotten. Nobody cared at she, all. she was just, like, three years too old and not quite cute enough. <laughs> that, could, that could be, like, a line of T-shirts. Like, don't forget Barb. Yeah. Just a picture of her. Yeah. Have you seen Barb? <laughs> but you're right, though. The teenagers, though, they, they did have some cool stuff going well, on. Plus, especially there towards the end where, you know, Jonathan and Nancy go into the forest and you have that whole sequence. Yeah, like, that was cool. The episode was I loved uh, yeah the 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 fight out scene the fight scene kind of in the uh, the eighth episode I thought that was so much fun yeah um, the kids was fun too don't get me wrong I really liked seeing like their their relationship with one another the Dungeon Dragons aspect you know hey they were dorks and they got made fun of they had the, the whole bully you know storyline as well I like, like the bullies I'm I'm a sucker for bully storylines <laughs> but but for like, me I uh, kind of had fun with the kids and for me yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the teenagers. The teenagers. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it's funny because we all kind of listed that uh, David Harbour uh, and his sheriff character was maybe our our standout of all the actors. And so I, I really was invested in his investigation. 
and what was going on with there. But it, I, there's just something about that coming of age well, storyline that I'm stuck Storyline was always him by himself. True. You know, with the kids, we had a lot of dialogue, a lot of interaction. Uh, multiple things were always going on. And with Harbor, he was he was kind of in and out of that, you know, and mo- mainly just I'm not researching, but um, investigating, investigating all by himself. I think one of the coolest things about that storyline was when they found Eleven's biological mom. Uh, so that is what that is. I assume that's what that is. Yeah, that was her biological mom, and that was her sister that was with her, the one that was actually you know, able to communicate with them. I wrote down a note uh, here about unanswered questions throughout this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think that was somewhat of a, a problem, and that was one of the ones I was going to bring up. Yeah. So I don't know if we should go uh, to, there yet, to, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll okay. we'll, we'll we'll come back around. Um, anything else we want to say about? Uh, uh, since we're going to kind of move on from from characters and storylines, I did want to give a special shout out to um, to the science teacher, Mister Clark. He was actually <laughs> one of my favorite characters. He was a minor character, but I just loved his relationship with the kids and how the kids looked up to him. And he was kind of always there for the kids, even when he had a date with a hot Asian uh, <laughs> at his place watching some popcorn or eating a movie and <laughs> eating a movie <laughs> <laughs> watching a movie and eating some popcorn with a hot Asian chick uh, he took some time out to help the kids uh, I don't know I just kind of liked well that a lot that of the character. show was serious and hey when he was ever on he was a fun yes funny yeah. character exactly yeah. it, it, it gave it, a little bit more heart yeah yes heart and comic relief I'm yeah. a sucker for heart and comic relief so he was one of my favorite characters Okay, so the one thing that you did mention earlier that there was no way to get around it uh, as far as it not being 80s were the effects because they did use CGI, which it would have been interesting if they would have gone complete 80s and done practical effects, but I see why they didn't want to do it mm-hmm. um, because it was – the effects that they use, I, I'd say actually – I thought I they used their effects well. So do I. That's what I think. What were some of your favorite effects, uh, whether it be some of the happenings in Winona's house or the creatures themselves or what was going on in the forest? Uh, what were some of your favorite effects? I definitely have one that stood out to me. Okay, don't go to me first then. I'll go because you actually kind of said it. it was actually the lights in the house. You know? That was, was going to so be cool. my favorite thing. Wait, but wait, I didn't you know said it. Why did you say it? But I didn't know that that was an effect, really. It's, it's turning on lights. Because well, we're thinking creature effect. Is that what you're thinking? Right. Yeah. I was thinking about like special effects, not a guy flipping no, a switch up and down. You're right. You're right. I mean, No, I think it's an effect. Like, <laughs> like it's a part of the but whole. For me, that's, that's, an, uh, that's a Jaws type effect creates suspense. You, know, yeah. you still don't see the creature. We know that, you know, fantastical things are going on around us we can't understand why except for communicating through lights which there were some really pretty shots i would say especially when all the lights were flickering about that second episode i think Mm -hmm. where um you know one of the riders kind of looking around our house i thought that was really cool and then of course when the little girls walking throughout the house that was awesome and they were kind of flicking around in the bedroom and no one else was really noticing what was going on um if you want to yeah i'll stop there no, I love that. And and to piggyback on that, I thought one of the cool moments of the show is when she – because I was screaming, like, write some letters down. like, And she actually did it. She made a smart decision. Ah. Winona Ryder, like, she put lights against the letters. Yeah. And so Very cool. they're able to talk. Uh, I really liked it uh, when the creature was kind of coming through the wall. And you didn't know if it was – you didn't know if it was Will. You didn't know if it was a creature or what was going on. It was actually one of the 
few times that I like really got like kind of jumped and got freaked out. I thought it was a really creepy visual and a really well done effect. It was something that, you know, it wasn't some big effect, but I thought it was really effective. Yeah. Like a nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Like when Freddy's head comes through, through, the, through wall. the wall. That's exactly what it reminded oh, yeah. me of. Yep. That, that, I forgot about that in Stranger Things. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of like where they kind of, she peeled it back and it was like the kind of pink. Oh, no. I was, talking, I was talking about no, like, you're talking about like the, the Freddy's arm. Yeah. And yeah. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah. It was really, really well done. That yeah. Was that cool. was the only part that made me feel a little bit uneasy. And it's probably because of my connection to my nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I thought that was really, really well done. Uh, did you did you have any any ones then? Well, let me say this also because I, I when they found Will in the finale and they had to pull that long spine. Well, I don't know that leechy, leech, snaky, yeah, whatever wormy. out of him. Yeah, you know that stuff works really well for me. I mean, of course, obviously that was digital, but that works really well. Additionally, one way that they are able to get around the digital creature. Almost every time that he's in the room with people, they have flickering lights. It happened with the throwdown scene with uh, Eleven at the end. It happened in the throwdown scene with him and the teenagers in the house. The lights were always flickering, and that was kind of a a good element to get out of it. Additionally, when they were in the forest, you had kind of like the snow falling down and a much darker atmosphere. Mm -hmm. That is a callback to, uh, I know they do it in Aliens. Oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, they always nice. had it raining in Jurassic Park to kind of get away with the CGI effects yeah. nice. um, and call. to make it look a little more realistic. Yeah, that's smart. And I, I thought that they did good in not showing it too much because to me it's a lot less horrifying if you just show this creature right off the bat. They did a good job at kind of uh, building that suspense up of what this thing actually is. You realize what they always did, almost always, was the creature was always eating with his back turned. And it would always just go, you know, turn around quick and go, ah! Yeah, yeah. And open its mouth. I did that almost all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, so favorite moments uh, from Stranger Things. Kind of maybe whatever stood out from you, or if you have any least favorite as well, anything. I have uh, a few that yeah. I really, really liked. Uh, go ahead. Uh, for me, I mentioned earlier I'm kind of a sucker for the whole bully storyline, like once the revenge type thing happens. So I really, really loved it. Uh, the two parts where uh, Eleven helped help the nerds. I hate to call them nerds, but, you know, whatever they were. Nerds! They're, I mean, they play Dungeons and Dragons. I think, we, I think they were nerds. Uh, By the way, how cool is the name Demogorgon? Yeah, that is really, really <laughs> – yeah. Uh, Nerd. <laughs> you got really excited, right? <laughs> um, but I love the scene. Wait, so remember to insert nerd. <laughs> yeah. But I loved when uh, Eleven stopped uh, the main bully uh, from attacking Mike and made him pee his pants. Hey, you shouldn't do this. Hey, do this. Troy. Hey, Troy. You think this was funny? Would you say, Wheeler? I saw you guys laughing over there. And I think that's a real messed up thing to do. Didn't you listen to the counselor, Wheeler? Grief shows itself in funny ways. Besides, what's there to be sad about anyway? Will's in fairyland now, right? Flying around with all the other little fairies, all happy and gay. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> Dead, Wheeler. Dead!
Duke Troy peed himself. <laughs> and then I really loved uh, when she picked up Mike was jumping off the cliff because they made him or whatever and oh, she yeah. she stopped him and, and pulled him back I forgot about that and then uh, and the whipped I mean it was just like seeing I don't know that, that kind of stuff was really really cool to me I like that uh, because you're invested in these kids and that's kind of their day to day core is having to deal with the bullies and then you know having this basically a superhero on their side was pretty cool Yeah, I like that kind of thing I also I understood why they did it as far as the least favorite moments. It, it helped propel the storyline and the character arcs and stuff like that. But I, I kind of hated that they made Lucas such a little prick for a while. Even though him and Mike were both kind of wrong. They were, they were both in the wrong. But Lucas, for a good like three episodes, was just kind of being a, a little prick. And I don't know. I was like, I, I yeah, want to. I, I, like I wasn't Lucas. really under, like. I was ready to get past that. Yeah, that's he what I'm like, saying. He was like the friend who was losing his buddy to a girlfriend. Right. Like I understood. Yeah, I, I, understood I understood his. It was very much bros versus uh, you know hose before hose. Oh. Uh, bros before hose. Bros before hose. But uh, <laughs> so I, I got why he was like that. But I was like, come on. I just want to see all our our kids happy together. Uh, Did you think of some rage? I liked it. I I like the payoff of fi- finally seeing Eleven go like full scanners and just like exploding everybody. That was cool. Um, Every time Eleven did you, something bad, because you know, cool. like you you get to see bits and pieces of, pieces of it, and you're like, oh man, she's pretty badass. And then she just unleashes, and you finally get to see her power. That was pretty cool. That was sweet. Basically, same for me. Like really? when she froze up those. Five or six people, and they were bleeding through their eyes. That was and then awesome. She tweak her tweak her neck and her head, and they just would drop. It's like wow, Levin's a murderer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she like yeah. kills people, and yeah. no one addresses it. Yeah, I know. Like, that she's is just true. Not real. No one is talking about. <laughs> I this. did have that thought in my head, like, like did she go too far? Like she could have just kind of stopped them, right? Yeah. I mean, I understood that she felt that they were attacking her friends. And but but maybe kind of chill a little bit, eleven. <laughs> just maybe break some legs or something. Yeah, to go, go full scale. No, bro, it was awesome. <laughs> I would have <laughs> been disappointed with any last full scale, full scale like Carrie or something, right? Yeah, yeah, she did. She she kind of just saw red, and but it, it did make for some freaking <laughs> sweet. So scene. Cool. Yeah, it was uh, for me. Also, I love the scene where Nancy and Jonathan are walking through the forest, and uh, they're looking at the dead deer on the ground. This is one of my biggest jumps when they're. You know, about to shoot the dead deer, and all of a sudden, you know, you know, that comes shoots out of nowhere. I I remember <laughs> jumping on that scene. I oh man, yeah, good and then call. Right after that, she goes into like the um, tree thing. Oh, the portal, yeah, the tree, and she's kind of walking through that. I guess that other world. This is yeah. kind of a confusing part to me, but and sees the alien. He mm-hmm. spots her. She's hiding, and then you know, it closes that. It ends that episode five, and then episode six, six starts. Jonathan runs up to the tree portal. He's looking around, and all of a sudden, you know, boom, hands shoot out. Yeah. Those, those are two good, you know, jumps for me. I mean, there's a pr- couple pretty good ones. I thought when Barb died was a pretty cool scene, especially yeah. when it shows her in the other portal yeah. in the pool and being dragged back into it. And that honestly, like, cool. you know, we knew Will was probably going to turn out okay. But when, when Eleven rolled up on Barb's corpse – that was nasty. Yeah, it was nasty, uh, and I was surprised. I, I thought was surprised. That, I thought that she would live too, or at least. 
I thought it was good that they did that just to show you the stakes. That's like, exactly what I thought. Like yeah. they really can die. This yeah. is, yeah. This yeah, is legit. Should, we need to come out with the t-shirt line yeah. for Barb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stakes were real. What about Barb? <laughs> what about Barb? <laughs> Barb. Um, so. Poor Barb. That'd be a good one. <laughs> I guess the last thing to talk about would just be the finale and going into next season. It, it leaves you really with a cliffhanger. A couple of things. Uh, the two major things that it leaves you with is one, okay, Will is back. He's with his family, but he goes to the bathroom because he's not quite feeling right. And you see him basically throw up another little leech snake thing. Yeah. So what's going on with Will? Is he infected? Is he going to turn into one of these? Uh, good, he call. Just has, good point. Does he just have, uh, you know, was it a one-time deal? Was it? Is it going to be something that... Is he full-fledged monster? Is he half-monster? What's going on with him? Uh, and then the other thing is what's going on with Eleven. You know, you're led to believe she died, but do we really think that? But then, and apparently some people didn't catch this, but uh, when the sh- when Sheriff Harper goes to the woods or whatever and he opens up that little box, he puts in some food, and one of the things he puts in there is an egg. And, and we know good and well that that's... Eleven's favorite food. It's the Reese's Pieces of yes. Stranger oh, Things. It is. It call. is. It definitely is. Uh, so even though Eleven is, you know, supposedly out of the picture, why is he leaving Egos in the middle of the forest, which we know is a, a place around at least where the portal was? Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going on with Eleven, and what's up with Will? Okay. Well, also additionally with Eleven. And this is my these. I want to talk about some of my issues with the show. I'm just going to throw it in there because you kind of nailed on the finale. But mm-hmm. I do want to say they never really explained the portal situation. Who controls the portal? Why are we in this other world? You know, is and the creature can easily come into our world, but we only can find it through a tree stump out in the forest or that crack in the wall of the compound. Well, we know that Eleven is the She's a reason, reason for it. Yeah. that it cracked open and happened in the first place. Yeah. We know that. But the creature, it smells blood, and it just go, come through the wall and, and you know, wind in a writer's house to attack the kids. Right, right, yeah. And, and okay, so I get that there's kind of a another universe or whatever, a parallel universe that's darker. Yes. But what does that mean exactly? What does it mean for all the people living in – are people actually living in that universe? I don't think so. Yeah, because the world's the same. It's just right. kind of more – it's obviously more creepy, looks snowy. And I also thought it was cool that you could hear sounds through the portals, yeah, but I it like was inconsistent at times. Yeah, I like but that too. I just didn't quite understand how all that completely worked. I don't know if I needed the exact answer, but I needed some kind of an answer outside of a paper plate that you shoved a pencil through. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, additionally, and they sort of brushed on this with Eleven's mom, assuming that's her mom. Yeah, that was definitely her mom. So in that quick five minute scene, all it says about her mom had these some of these tendencies and that they tried to what exploit that through a baby that that was that was something i wasn't 100 percent clear on was i mean i know that was her mom and then her sister says oh she's just crazy and and i don't know if 11 became the way she became because of the test done to the mom and she was pregnant or if it was 11 was born and then it got she got her powers because of separate te- I, I, how did it affect them all? I'm not quite sh- clear on that. There are just some things that, that just kind of. They really could have dedicated me. a whole episode to really explaining that backstory. 
Uh, and maybe and, they and felt like that would have kind of drugged down the forward momentum of the show. We have time. Yeah, we'll we still have, have time to That's explain true. things. Well, and we know for sure that this is not going to be an anthology. This story with these same characters and actors is going to continue. So they can give us that backstory. Right. And I'm cool with that. Because I thought maybe it was going to be an anthology, but it's not. I looked it up, and, and uh, it's been given the green light for a second season, and they've already said that they want to continue with this. And they said story. it'll be darker. Ooh, I always mm-hmm. like hearing that. That's great for me. I always like hearing that. Of course, that's what they said about Spider-Man 3, too. So It was darker. It Ooh. was. <laughs> it was. So, Stranger Things. If you have not, if you're one of the few that have not watched it yet, well, first, you shouldn't have listened to this episode. We're glad you did, but you probably shouldn't have. Uh, but second, go and watch it. To me, it was one of the best news shows of the past few years. Yeah, I, didn't, I forgot to bring this up. People are like really disappointed in the finale. I thought the finale was great. I, I had, did too. Yeah, I loved the finale. I, I thought there were some great fight fight scenes. Yeah, I mean, both in the house and in the school. Yeah, um, like yeah, we didn't have closure completely on what I was just complaining about, but uh, I thought it was just a good wrap up. Yeah, I really, really, I don't know why anybody would have any sort of issue with the finale. I thought it was great. Yeah, I don't know how it could have ended any better, really. Me neither. I don't get it. They're yeah. like anti-climatic. Screw those I guys. I don't get that. <laughs> Screw those guys. Justin, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that is Stranger Things. Please watch Stranger Things if you haven't. That is the Stranger Things episode. Stranger Things? Stranger Things. What did I say? <laughs> you just said Stranger Things about seven Stranger times Stranger Things, in a row. Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> say three times in a mirror and 11 shows up. Uh, Rad. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool, right? <laughs> um, so... We always uh, makes you have, through your eyes. have a se- <laughs> yeah. We always have a segment uh, where we talk about what we've been watching lately, and there's been some big movies that have come out uh, that we haven't reviewed yet, and one that we've all three seen, I believe, is Jason Bourne. Wrong. I'm not going to waste my time on that garbage. Well, Jake if I, I hadn't have prepared it. you on that, that steamy pile of garbage, made, I would have suggested you go see it and just mess with you. Oh, no. Jason Bourne is always terrible. <laughs> All the yeah, Bourne movies I, are I'm terrible. I'm not a fan of the Bourne. I, I've, I've always thought the Bourne movies were overrated. Uh, but this one was – here's my deal with all the other Bourne movies. I've never liked them or enjoyed them, but I get it. Like, they're well-made movies. This one was all the reasons I hate the Bourne movies, plus it wasn't well-made. Oh, it was terrible. Like, I was laughing. That's how bad it was. You know, my, you know what my problem with it? I just didn't care about anything. Well, nothing made sense. Nothing made sense. I was like, why are we doing this? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What's the purpose? Who are they talking about? Why are they talking about it? Yeah, I mean... I just didn't... To me, it was another... It was almost a rehash of the third one where we have another vision that he remembers all of a sudden we've got the old man who just wants to get born for no reason we've got the the asset who the asset. is tracking down another asset tracking down born for some other reason have you have we've you, got you know the whether you got nikki getting in trouble again and yep. uh you know i don't even know why she's stirring up trouble to begin with because born's off minding his own business fighting people for no reason yeah uh so and then then all of a sudden he wants to get to this issue with his father um, you know, in his that was in his vision. There's nothing that makes sense no. in this movie. And like Alicia Vikander, supposed to be, she she good? Is she bad? Which right. she's good for most of the movie, and then and then all of a sudden it, she's things bad. Switch up. It makes zero sense I mean, what no anyone's sense motivations are. It's but like, I have a theory. 
My theory is that for the last nine years, Hollywood has been knocking on Paul Greengrass's door and Matt Damon. Please come back to Bourne. Please do yeah. Bourne. No, you're not going to do it. Please do Bourne. Nope, not going to do it. Okay, cool. We'll just go get Jeremy Renner and try to do it again. Oh, wait. No, that didn't work. Go back to Paul Greengrass. Hey, guys, please do Bourne. No, I'm not going to do it. We'll offer you a bunch of money. You know what? Fine. Fuck it. Go do the movie. <laughs> And let's make it so bad that we'll kill the series. <laughs> that is my and, and David David uh, Matt Damon's like I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> and they just made it as bad as possible. It's the only explanation. That would make it makes for more this sense movie because I thought that first three were all very good movies. There's a lot of common sense. One of the cool things I always liked about Bourne was the common sense stuff that he used. Plus, he would use I don't know weapons around him and then say like that magazine. Mm-hmm. Beat someone up with it and then turn around and blow a house up with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with some cool things that he did. Right. And then this garbage. I there's not that's the only explanation I can think of. <laughs> I mean, there's there is no redeeming. It was I've I've honestly felt like every preceding born movie has been a rehash of the preceding born movie. I felt that way for five born movies now. I felt like I, the movie I just saw was the same movie I've seen five times, but they keep getting worse. So did you like the first one? If you think all the other ones are rehashes of the first, I was okay with her. I actually was fine with the first one. I was fine with it. I got, I got why people liked it. I was fine with it. But then my my hate for the series really started coming with the second. It's like I just watched the same exact movie. Then third run, it's like, oh my gosh, am I taking crazy pills? Am I the only one realize this is the same exact, exact movie we've already movie. seen? Another twice. old man who wants to chase him. Another vision that he yes. just remembered in his uh, not his narcolepsy, his uh, <laughs> amnesia, his amnesia. Yeah, um, and but and it's always a double age. I mean, always you know what would be yeah. really really shocking in one of these movies is if the person. If all the people that were supposedly good guys remain good guys the entire time, that would be a great twist. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that coming. There were no double agents. There were no double double agents. (laughs) I mean, that would be shocking. I'd be like, whoa, the bad guy was actually the bad guy. The good guys were actually the good guys. This is insane. Right. we know one of the damn people working for Bourne <laughs> is going to be against Bourne. It's like it's watching Mission su- Impossible or James Bond. Yeah, That's why I same, don't like any of these the series. Same, over, same yeah. movie over and over and over. And the things that people thought were cool about Bourne in the beginning, I get it. The, the, the close-up fighting with the, with the hands and the close hand-to-hand combat, I get it. But we've seen that same fight scene now a hundred times. It's been the same... Choreography and the fight scenes over and over again. I was like, this is just the same movie, just worse. You know, some people do think Godfather 2 is the exact same as Godfather 1. Oh, no. <laughs> no, who thinks that? Who thinks that? Oh, like half of America, dude. No. They think that they're both amazing movies. They think it's on par it's with a Transformers. It's different storyline. <laughs> Part 2 is a parallel storyline between the continuing saga of his son and him coming to power. That's Jason Bourne in the second movie. Oh, he's coming to terms gosh. that he killed people and he's trying to make up for it no. by apologizing for murdering you know people in no. his past no. he's coming to terms with what he did the tone everything <laughs> is different in two than one Jason Bourne 2 is the exact same as Godfather 2 <laughs> hands down <laughs> same movie <laughs> Jacob I'm, just ruined all his credibility I'm just Michael Jackson eating popcorn gift <laughs> over here uh, but yeah so Jason Bourne is like, give about a B <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but but we can all agree that that Jason Bourne 
Uh, oh, just brutal, just awful. Just I didn't even see it, and I agree. <laughs> have you have you seen the honest trailer that came out, Jason Bourne? No, it, it, I was so happy because it highlighted all the things I hate about the Bourne series. But it it, it talks about basically how every single one is the exact same. It it's is like pretty finally, hilarious. Finally, somebody else because I've been saying this for years and years, and nobody's like, no, they're awesome. I'm like, no, dude, it's the same movie. No, they're awesome. I love them. I'm like, no, it's the same movie. No, it's awesome. Well, finally, the Honest trailer came out and said what I've been saying for years. So everybody, if you really want to know my thoughts, just go watch the Honest trailer. The practical effects in the the Bourne movie are pretty awesome. I'll give you that. I thought that for the first movie. And the second one was like. No, the third one, though, when that camera chases them through the window, that's pretty cool. Dude, when you say third movie, it's like you're saying the first movie, second movie, or fourth movie to me. I don't know which one it is. It's pretty impressive. Because it's all the same movie. It's pretty impressive. I think you just haven't watched it in a while. Maybe, and I won't. Again. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'll tell you what, we'll make another bet sometime and i'll make that you when you lose okay. you <laughs> have to rewatch lose. the born series okay. oh uh, that would be a fun that oh would be a fun man bet. i'm yeah. and i'll have to rewatch bet. the godfather series yeah, oh. But, oh no i'll come up with something better than that or worse than that <laughs> uh i'll make you watch big trouble in little china three times oh <laughs> big um, trouble um Jacob's the only one to see Suicide Squad yet, so I think we're going to review that later on in the week. Yes, we will, because I cannot wait to th- ah, annihilate this one. Yeah, we will get to that. Uh, I'm excited. Maybe y'all will like it. Say what? Maybe y'all will like it. You're maybe big, so. I Brandon, want you're a big to. DC comic fan. That's right. <laughs> Huge. Right, yeah. I'm I'm excited to trash it. I, it's not terrible. even seen it yet. I'm excited to trash it. There you go. There's a little bit of a... a, a Teaser for you. Yeah. But Jared Leto had on this totally rad sweater on Jimmy Kimmel the other night. Did he? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> probably the best part of Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, Rachel, what have you been watching lately? Well, I watched a movie that you also watched, Brandon. Ooh, tell me about it. It's called Hunt for Wilder People. Or how do you say it? Wilder? Yes. Wilder? I said Wilder People. It's like Wilderbeast. Wilder People. Wilderbeast, Wilder okay. People. Cool. I can dig that. Um, it's a New Zealand film, so obviously I loved it. It's a. Wow. We talked in our underrated directors episode about Taika Waititi, which I'm probably butchering his name, and I'm sorry. Um, but it's I actually was, Smith. <laughs> 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 uh, but I mentioned him because he did a lot of movies that I liked, like um, he did What We Do in the Shadows, and he did. Boy. Uh, boy and now he has done this movie and i think it, it's just fantastic his and movies um and thor. have and thor and he's he just wrapped the new thor movie according to his twitter so um but these movies all kind of have the a running theme of there's a young character and um they're set in new zealand and they are warm-hearted and funny and you can learn life lessons from them but all all around they give me the warm fuzzies basically and i really really love his movies this is now my number one movie of the year really easily i loved this movie so much and i laughed i laughed out loud in a theater by myself where there was probably five other people so it wasn't like i was just sitting there by myself but i just couldn't help laughing out loud um, at a lot of the parts. Is that it, Sam Neill on the poster? Yeah, yeah. that's Sam Neill. Doesn't he's, even look like him yeah, from the side. Isn't that crazy? Well, he looks so much older, and he's furry in this one. <laughs> um, 
I saw it as well, Misty and I did, and I will piggyback what you said and say that I agree with all that. I loved it. Uh, it's probably I'll have to look. I know that Sing Street is still in my number one of the year, uh, but it's in contention for number two right now. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People is. Um, it, it was just. You know, so I didn't really mention what it's about. Talk about what it's, it's about. basically about an orphan kid who gets adopted, and the lady who adopts him is a sweetheart. Uh, is really excited to have him. He's kind of he's not trusting because he's been it's around. Kind the of a system. troubled kid. Troubled kid. Um, and then Sam Neill, the husband, is like eh, doesn't want anything to do with him. He's really gruff, really standoff, standoffish to him. Well, the sweet lady dies really early on in the movie and that's what propels the movie and so they're forced to kind of live together sam neil and this kid but throughout some some different twists and turns they end up in the forest this huge forest together and then they're being chased out in the bush as it be uh being chased by the police (laughs) and child services and and people who are trying to find them to get reward money and they, it's it's a bonding story between these two characters, basically. But it's a comedy. It's like a comedy slash a buddy film where they they bond, and it's it's a good hearted, funny movie. Agreed. I loved it. Yeah, a lot. It, was, it was a great movie. Uh, you'll it. It's, it's at a ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's I think insanely good reviews. Yep. Cool. Um, the only other thing I'd want to talk about, I, I watched quite a few movies in the last time that we got together um I'll oh, i've got a couple i want to talk about too um i'll i'll quickly mention a movie from 2014 called glass chin starring uh cory stall and billy credip um it's basically about a down on his luck boxer who uh gets involved with some shady stuff and gets framed for murder and it is surprisingly really, really good. It got really great reviews, and I just kind of never watched it. It came out a couple of years ago. Highly recommend. For some reason, IMDb score is only a 5.4, but the meta score is 64, and then the Rotten Tomato score is 85%. Uh, and I would tend to agree with the, the Rotten Tomato score. Uh, so check that out. Uh, also, a movie called Clown, who was directed by the, the guy that's going to direct the new Spider-Man movie. K-L-O-W-N, the uh, Dutch film? Uh, no, mind. actually, C L O W and just okay. normal clown. There's one that came out last year called Clown. Sorry. Uh, okay. Well, this one. Um, oh, 2010. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this one uh, was just released to theaters this year. Oh, that is not the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> clown that you're talking about, scary ass clown on the, on yeah, the poster. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, clown that I'm talking about, funny man yeah. on the poster. <laughs> yeah, this one is freaky, man. It it's a good little horror movie. It's a good indie horror. It's basically about a dad who his kid loves clowns, so clown ditches him for his birthday party. So the dad finds a clown outfit, puts it on for the birthday party. <laughs> oh, it's it bas- Peter Stormer. Yeah, yeah, he's in nice. it. Nice. Uh, you don't it, know him. He was the bad guy that was in Fargo. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And basically, the clown suit becomes a part of this guy, and he can't get it That's off. That's weird, man. And then you oh. find out that it's like a basically kind of a. Well, I don't want to reveal, but the pictures look pretty good, dude. It's it's creepy, like the images, Ugh. like the it's clown. It's weird. Picture. I don't it, want a part of this movie. It's creepy. It's weird. It's it's a good movie. It's a good little indie yeah, horror. My like guess it. is if you're scared of clowns, which there are a lot of people out there that are. Yes. Yes, dear, clear that. Will not like this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
Uh, Bad Moms was a fun little movie starring Mila Kunis, Katherine Hahn, Kristen Bell. Um, yeah, that actually is getting better reviews than, I, than yes. the trailer looks. The trailer looks terrible. The trailer looks awful, uh, but it's getting pretty good reviews, and I would agree. It wasn't by any means great, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Okay. It's, you'll laugh. It's a fun little movie to is watch. It as simple as the trailer makes it look. Just it's, pr- it's pretty moms simple. Moms rebelling and trying to be single again. Yeah, but yeah, but um, really what makes it so good is Catherine Hahn kind of steals the show. She's hilarious in it. She's generally pretty funny. In she is. She does. And she is, uh, to me, this is her standout role. And then Kristen Bell is really funny in it. She kind of plays the innocent. She's like naive. kind of a naive, and she plays it really, really well. So go see that. The last one I'll mention is the new Woody Allen movie, uh, Cafe Society. Um, Kristen Stewart, uh, Jesse, Mark Zuckerberg, Eisenberg, uh, Steve Carell, Blake Lively. Uh, It's a stat cast. The cast is a lot, a lot of big names. It's Woody Allen. I liked it quite a bit. It could have been great, though. It basically takes place in old Hollywood. Sounds the, like every Woody Allen movie I know. ever. But but the environment, like the the atmosphere, is great. The the look and feel, the old Hollywood feel, is great. There's some really good characters, good storyline, dialogue, of course. My only problem was the leads, Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. Jesse Eisenberg plays Jesse Eisenberg as he always does. He's doing his little <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, dude, you're playing a, a 1930s Hollywood type. You're not. You shouldn't be talking like this. And then Kristen Stewart, bless her heart, probably she her. She just can't act. She just can't act. I could Plays see her trying. Plays a stone once again. I could see her trying so hard. I could see her. I like in her face. I'm like, you bless your heart. You're trying this time. You know, and she's but in she a just, ton of she's just not great. Too. Yeah, I, I know. I think she's trying. I think she knows that people think she sucks. So she's really she trying. Does. But she's just not talented. It's kind of like when Ashton Kutcher did that Steve Jobs movie. Bless his heart. He tried so hard. He just can't act. <laughs> did you read the description for that movie, by the way? Uh, in the 1930s, a young Bronx native moves to Hollywood where he falls in love with the secretary of his powerful uncle and agent to the stars, who is Steve Carell, who's great in it. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely worth seeing. I gave, I gave it a pretty good score. I gave it an 8 out of 10. But it really could have been probably a 9, I feel like, if – if you would have had two different actors playing the two leads. So. Cool. Yeah. Good movie. So what else did you want to talk about, Mr. Chris? Both movies that came out this year. All right. One that you've seen. And Rach, have you seen Sing Street yet? Nope. Okay. So Sing Street is basically the story of a boy who gets sent to a new school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a girl that I guess stands outside every day across the street from the school. He goes up, approaches her, says, Hey, you want to be in my band video? And he doesn't even have a band. Yeah. So he's got to form one really quickly. It is uh, set in Dublin, Ireland. And the ideas that he just finds a bunch of dorky friends and they, Oh, it's set in the eighties. That's the other part. Yeah. So he gets, he meets with a bunch of, you know, dorky friends. they, Put together, like, throwback. I mean, it's a great throwback 80s movie. It is. Like, granted, it's all written. Well, not all. Some of the songs are written by Glenn Hansard. Right. Uh, who did who, the Once Who did soundtrack. Oh, the Once soundtrack. And let me back up on this saying John Carney is the one who directed it. John Carney also directed Once, and then he also directed Begin Again. Now, Once is still, in my opinion, the best, but Sing Street is a lot of fun. It is. And it's one of my, it's one of my top movies of the year so far. It's my number um, one of the year so far. It's, it's just a there I'm are glad a you agree great that you elements like so going for it uh, between a great music, I mean, score soundtrack i loved um, it i loved the the love story i even yes. loved 
the un- the the message at the end, which I think it was un- well, it was intentional by John Carney, but people are taking the literal approach. But really, it's a fantastical approach. Yes, yes, yes. I actually read up on that. Yes, and his his intended meaning versus how people are taking it. I read about that yeah. actually. It's like right. Yes. So I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. So maybe I should take. That maybe. Out. Yeah, I guess it would. Yeah, actually, it probably would. I'm be. glad I'm ignoring you right now. Yeah, okay. yeah, because you start to see it. I but it's still really cool. Yeah. It is, yeah. So, all in all, uh, if you come across it, it's totally worth a watch. It's better than any stupid blockbuster that's come out this year. For sure. I've got to just say, this is one of the worst summers I can ever remember in blockbusters. A million percent agree with that. And I'd watch this movie ten times over again than any of the blockbusters Absolutely. I've watched. Absolutely. And I, I do want to mention, you get talk about Sing Street, I had to mention, I loved his older brother and oh, the relationship. Great. The great. relationship so with his. that up. That was maybe my favorite thing in the whole movie i love the movie yes but that might have been my favorite part about was his relationship with his brother that was actually a really strong theme in the movie was, it was was family and yes. maybe sibling relationship yes and to a t that particular relationship i mean almost brings tears to your eyes yes just to kind of see their relationship kind of hit the good and the bad yes mostly the good and really just the guidance that his older brother gives him i love really, it really so cool. much Really cool. And he dedicated the movie to, to all the brothers. Yes. Uh, which was which was awesome. Made me think of a couple of friends in particular who I wanted to reach out to. Be like, hey, I know you're big on this stuff. Yeah. Go check out this movie. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which I, I would have figured I need to see Rach would have seen. Since she's such a big Tina Fey fan. I do yeah. love Tina Fey so much. Um, okay, so basically Whiskey Tango Fo- Foxtrot. Okay, IMDb just says that journalist recounts her wartime coverage in Afghanistan. That's a terrible... Mm, description of it it's basically a a journalist is kind of in a mundane job working in new york city and she's kind of given the option to go work in afghanistan it's based on real events and so she's like screw it i'm kind of in this this not really dead in relationship but you know just a mundane life right so she goes over there and her world's just kind of turned upside down. She's there for three years. And, you know, it's just a different lifestyle. She's able to explore and be a part of something she never would have been by just being stuck at her desk job. And I saw a, a review that I completely disagreed with. And I can back that up by saying, all right, so the review said this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't know if it wants to be a comedy, a drama, a love story. But you know what? We just had a conversation about Stranger Things and Back to the Future. I thought this is one of the better comedies or stories I've seen really this year. Really? Yes. Hmm. Because the, they market it as a comedy because Tina yeah. Fey's in it. Right. But it's so not that. You know, it's just a good solid story right. of a woman trying to figure her, her, her shit out. So and they really she, probably she meets a man. wrong. Huh? They marketed it oh, wrong. Oh, absolutely. Man. And then it's a thing that they, that they do. It was an argument I had a week or so ago where... One great thing about 80s and early 90s films was that they have comedian actors playing dramatic roles and their their charisma is able to come out in the character. Right. That's what we have here. And it was a really cool story, a really cool storyline. Uh, and then her interaction with um, Martin Freeman. Yeah, uh, is he's been in, in everything lately. Yes, uh, Margot Robbie, she's in it. Ugh. She's got a cool, cool role. Uh, actually, I like to be in her lately. Uh, okay, Christopher Abbott, who I brought up a couple times lately. Yes, I know. It hired you. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Abbott was in James White. He was also, yes. uh, I said, in um, a most violent year, a small role. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, this guy's really starting to impress me. He has an awesome character in this movie, and I didn't even recognize him. 
uh, because he's got a full beard. Uh-huh. But I was like, man, those eyes, like, you know, look, that guy looks familiar. And to think that this is the same guy that was just in James White. This guy has some serious acting chops. You all, like, just start following this kid. Okay. He's awesome because he's from Girls. That's where he kind of got started. But oh, he uh, yeah, I remember talking great, about him. He's one of my favorite characters in this movie because he's like a good-hearted, you know, human being. With uh, he's committed to his faith and doing the right thing. Just a, a good, solid movie all around. And I'm a little surprised at, oh, yeah, the, I at the IMDb him. score. You know, it's at a 6.6. The critics were at a 57. I didn't even look what uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it. Give this movie a shot. It came out okay. in around February. I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. That's good to know. And Tina Fey, Tina Fey, by the way, she's great. She's funny. Because she I has wanted, her Tina Fey moments, but she's she's great. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to see this movie anyways, and I know Rachel did too. Yep. Uh, I just, for whatever reason, didn't end up <laughs> seeing it, and I really wanted to. And so I'm glad to hear that you liked it so much. One more thing. Billy Bob Thornton's in it. He plays a general. Yeah. Like, it's just basically Billy Bob Thornton being Billy Bob Thornton. Nice. I like that Where he's thing. just like the sarcastic dick. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's perfectly cast in it. Right. It's a good movie. Sweet. Okay. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. They probably should have changed the name, too. It's kind of a weird yeah. title. Like, if they would have named it something a little bit more accessible, probably. Is it because it's WTF? Yes. Well, yeah. That's why. Right. But. And a lot of that kind of goes to the, um, oh, the actual journalist. Her name's Kim Baker. Um, a lot of her experiences over there and how media, you know, it, the basically the wars kind of being forgotten in the media doesn't want to keep up with it because it's not flashy anymore and right. it's like it's like really we still don't forget about the soldiers and that's kind of like a running theme throughout it and so it's kind of like you know you know what the heck yeah there well I'm going to say I'm going to watch it and that, that actually reminds me to watch it because I've been needing to anyways it's on iTunes it's, oh. it's, it's available right now sweet there you go what did you think of Stranger Things what have you been watching lately let us know in the comment section of our SoundCloud or on our Facebook page. It is Pulp Fliction. Thank you so much for listening.